This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. What up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. My name is Craig. Some people call me Axe. And on the other mic is Barry. This is Season 2. Episode 41. This is Randy from North Bergen. I'm Mark. I've been a Knicks fan for 24 years. Hey, Craig and Barry. This is Rock from City this Australia. I'm from D.C. Hey, guys. Steve this here. Manny from Stanford. Calling all the way from Palm Springs, California. It is a hard. It's a hard. It is a hard. Knicks. Knicks life. Knicks life. It's a hard Knicks life. What is up, Barry motherfucking D? What's up, motherfucker? Are you, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like giving. I don't like saying motherfucker. That's not that a nice feel, right? I didn't call you motherfucker. I said motherfucking D. That's that's like a kind thing to say. Oh, you're right. It did come out bad. What's up, Axe? I'm sorry. I don't want to start off the show like that. It's okay. I just watched the Giants draft this QB out of Duke, Daniel Jones. And Giants fans are living. Oh, are they? <laughs> oh, yeah. I hope it's not a sign for the way the draft is going to go for the Knicks. But they did, a New York team did draft a Duke player, which is good. <laughs> that's, a, that's true. That's true. If there's going to be any similarities or any common ground, we'll take that, right? Yeah, so I don't know what the fuck we're going to talk about, guys. I mean, it's the off season. There's not a lot happening. No. You got NSB continuing to be an asshole. Well, you you know you know you know I'm looking at at houses, right? You're looking at houses. You know, just put their house up on the market. I was just gonna say, a house just popped up on the market. Are you thinking Not about exactly where I was looking? <laughs> Are you thinking about? But, but it is oceanfront. Uh-huh. It's got a beautiful view of the cove. It's got a media room, a spa. Has a good room for you to do your podcasting. Absolutely, it does. It's got six bathrooms too. It's a little bit of a commute all the way in Malibu. So you could do a little you... bit over my budget at thirteen point five million. Well, think about all the bathrooms you could record this show in. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Durant. Putting his Malibu house or home up for sale. I don't know. Is it a house? Everyone goes crazy about that, which I always find ridiculous. Like These NBA stars put their homes up for sale all the time. I know. And they have more than one fucking home. They're not like us. <laughs> like he'll probably buy another home in Malibu. Yeah, he's selling this for $13.5 million, but he makes that in like two or three months. Dude, Ennis fucking Cantor. Let's just get right to it. Did you hear this thing? <laughs> yeah, but I need to hear it again. Okay. This is after the Blazers clinch to move on, right? After that ridiculous 37-foot three-pointer by Lillard. Amazing. Well, at first, I would like to definitely thank Knicks for uh, waving me. And, uh, well, uh, so that will never happen if, you know, if they didn't wave me. First, I want to appreciate the whole Knicks organization. Uh, second, uh, I want to appreciate the, all the teams that uh, didn't pick me. Uh, you know, I try to uh, actually sign with uh, lots of uh, teams that well, they didn't, uh, they weren't really interesting. And then, you know, I'm, I was glad that, you know, Dame and uh, GM Neil, uh, uh, you know, uh, texted me. 
and I picked where Porton, and it was definitely amazing, man. It was a blessing. Fucking Ennis. He, he's he's going to be forever bitter about everything. He's not only upset. He's, he's not upset, but he's got to throw that swipe at the Knicks. Thank you, the, thank you to the Knicks for waving me. And thanks to the other 29 teams who didn't want to sign him because he wasn't good enough for them. No, thank you, Ennis. Ennis, thank you. You're the one who opted into this contract, all right? You should, you should honestly be actually thanking the Knicks for waving you, not doing it in this slighted way. Right, Barry? First of all, you think he just won MVP of the finals. Right? Your right. team got out of round one as the favorite. You know what? It was when like I, an when Oscar I, speech. I wasn't watching that game live, so when I saw that soundbite, I thought he hit the, like, the game-winning three-pointer oh. the way he was talking. Did he have a decent series? Yes, but, it, but, but this is just like typical... Cantor dramatics. First of all, Cantor, I don't think he was trying to be cute or funny either. He wasn't laughing. Everybody else was laughing. He right. wasn't laughing. He was being serious. Cantor did what he does. I mean, we knew what he does. Every single game, he has a double double. He's a he's a good player. What is so hard about this, Barry? He was not going to be on the Knicks next year. What did he want from us? Would he have been happier? Just playing the rest of the way with the Knicks on a team that wasn't going anywhere and getting playing time. I don't look. I don't know what he meant deeper in that comment. You know, who the hell knows? <laughs> I'm sure he is happy there, though. He's happy wherever he goes. This guy, he loves the fans wherever he goes. He preaches nothing but love for everybody, which is fine. It's great. It's just, you know, again, it's just it's typical Cantor. He never met a microphone he didn't like. He likes to hear himself talk. He likes to be the focus. Berman, who we had on the show last week, tweeted, I saw that Ennis Cantor liked a tweet that Berman had. Listen to what Berman tweeted. This pissed me off. Berman wrote, good for Ennis Cantor into the second round. Wasn't that David Fisdale who benched him after five games for not yet ready Mitchell Robinson and then Luke Cornett? Fisdale stated multiple times Cantor doesn't play defense up to Nick's standards. He doesn't. Cantor may, maybe had a few nice moments of defense in the Blazers series, but he is not a good defender. He was not a part of this future. He got paid over $18 million last season. There was no chance in hell the Knicks were ever going to re-sign him. Yeah, and what are you going to do? You're going to stall your development of like your future potential star in Mitchell Robinson by giving more minutes to Cantor? Right, by giving more minutes to this. Where's the responsibility in that? Slow-footed skillless he is skillless barry he's just a big body well, that come on. plays hard he doesn't have any skill <laughs> he has skill he's got posting skill very yeah if he's, he's running, got rebounding skill if he's within like three feet of the basket he's got posting skill craig he's got very little skill barry it's craig, all he has heart. offensive skill he doesn't have a jump shot but he definitely has skill around the basket and there is mm. skill to rebounding a lot of the rebounds he gets are off his own misses Th that's true. <laughs> Come on. How many times did you see him get the ball like in close and he just like chucks it up there? He doesn't have that much skill. That's true. Have you, have you seen him run down the court? Listen, he had no future on a Fizdale team. We still haven't really seen what if... I know our team was a joke last year, but we were meant to be a joke. Tommy, who I love on Twitter, was bitching at me because I was ripping... I, I took a little dig at the Nets. And he was saying that we're not allowed to do that because they made the playoffs this year. 
and they're clearly an up and coming team and we're garbage. But this year, we, the Knicks had no plans of trying to even make the playoffs. They didn't sign anybody worthwhile. They were trying to save all their cap space for next summer. They signed some guys to one-year deals. Nothing long-term. The number one goal was making sure there was cap space for this summer, not to make the playoffs. And the other goal was making sure we got as high a draft pick as possible. So how can you compare teams that are trying to make the playoffs with our team? Who Did you see the cap space we're going to have, how different it is? It's vastly different than any other team in the league. That's because we made a concerted effort to not sign anyone to eat into that cap. And that it's very hard to even come close to doing anything as a team when you're setting up your roster like that. I look, I get what he's saying also, you know, cuz yeah, I know, you know, a lot of Nick fans they like to poke fun at the Nets and like to dig because it goes back and forth. You get it from both sides of everything. But he is right. I mean, they're clearly the better team. And I know, look, that's not what we were going for this year. Even if you were going for it, it wasn't happening. Um, and I still, but I do like the position the Knicks are in. You know, they got themselves in the best position they could possibly put themselves in. And, you know, you just got to hope that it all works out. Let me ask you this, Barry. What did you think of Fizdale's first year as a coach for the Knicks? Um, I think it was fine. I mean, we got to see the type of person that he is. You know, he wears his personality on his sleeve. He showcases that. You can tell that the players like him. And if players like him, that means that hopefully there's more players out there that are going to want to come play for him. Um, because developing the young players was first and foremost, um, you know, and, and, you know, you put that above winning, you can't really judge him on the record. Uh, you did like to see fight from these guys, which it was very rare that they that that they didn't give give you everything they had. So that's a good sign, also. You know, the fact they could keep morale up, the fact guys could get excited over a win on game eighty in such a you know disastrous season. I think that says something because he is the forefront, he is the leader of the team. So you know, until you put a, a good product in front of him that he has to work with. I don't think you can really say one way or the other how he is coaching as far as an X's and O's standpoint. Yeah, and think about this. There was not, there was very little drama on this team this year. Most of it came from Ennis Cantor, right? And Fisdale was taking players in and out of the lineup. But supposedly, one of the things the players really learned to respect of Fisdale was that he treated everyone the same, apparently. Except Kevin Knox. <laughs> Except maybe Kevin Knox and Alonzo Trier. I think you're going to see what Fizdale's made of this off season, though, dude. You know he's not like you were saying. We don't know what kind of X's and O's coach he is yet, and we can't base anything really off of his record this year because it was a young team and we were just trying to get the best draft pick possible. But one of the huge things for Fizdale is the relationships he has in the league. If he is not able to get us, like, honestly, if we don't get KD and Kyrie, this sounds ridiculous, but it's going to be, that on it's, it's, it's going to be devastating. And I will oh. put a lot of that on Fizdale. Yes. Oh, come on. There's so much more that goes into it. You can't put it on Fizdale. It's, it's on the players. It's on, it's on the free agents themselves. And if you want to say, okay, it's, it's on the Knicks too, you can, but I don't, it's, it's not going to be Fizdale that keeps them from coming to the Knicks. 
So he's the last person you should be putting the blame on or the last factor that you should be putting the blame on if we don't sign somebody. No, but a big reason that we brought Fizdale in here is to attract players like that because sure. the current players in the league respect him and have relationships with him. Sure, but We didn't bring him in for come, his skills to develop players or Shh, be an X's quiet, and O's guys. Quiet. Number quiet. one, what? Someone's sleeping? No, but you know, you don't want to say that too loud. Fisdale could be listening. You know, you come, you, you're saying he can't coach. You're saying the only thing is no. Like, I'm saying like that's not. Puppet. We brought him in because he's a relationship guy. He's a connect. What do they call him? A connector. That is valuable. He's a motivator. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If if somebody doesn't come. You can't put that on him then. You did everything you could to try to get people to come, you know, by putting him at the front. But no, listen, I'm again, not going to blame Fizdale if we don't get these guys. But it's going to be extremely disappointing. Because now you're left with a guy who can't coach. Because <laughs> a guy, you brought him in here to attract other a players. guy who's who's who, whose best asset <laughs> should be to bring guys in. If he's not bringing guys in, then right, what's, he didn't what's, what's deliver he there. Right. You know. Right. Maybe it doesn't happen this summer, but then it has to happen next summer. Otherwise, we might not have the right coach. That's, it. That's just how I feel. Right. At some point in the next couple of years, you have to get big-time players. Because Fizdale didn't show me much as far as any, th any offensive or defensive schemes last season. Right. And all you keep hearing is that he was, he's creating like an offensive scheme in preparation for who we might have next season. Right? Have you heard that? No. Well, I have. <laughs> so we better have someone. Otherwise, it's going to be a hard year. But at least we wouldn't have to think of renaming the show. Which, by the way, everyone keeps telling me we're going to have to rename this podcast if we do get KD and Kyrie. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so either, actually. Look at fucking um, Philadelphia. They got Embiid. They got Simmons. They got Butler. They got Harris. They got Redick. You think it's easy being a Sixers fan? They didn't achieve anything yet. What, they got out of the first round against the Nets? They couldn't get past Boston last year? They haven't done anything. And yet they have all these stars on their team. It's still, I'm sure it's damn hard being a Sixers fan. You yeah, know? It's, it's not not compared to us. Right. Can you just imagine at the top of the show being like, what's up, guys? It is a hard Knicks life next year, and we're like 60 and 12. <laughs> <laughs> what up Knicks fans it is a hard Knicks life usually but this year it's fucking 14 amazing consecutive games <laughs> we've won 20 of the last 22 <laughs> there's, there's other stuff there's stuff that comes along with uh, <laughs> I know. you know with Listen. winning and being on top there's always going to be issues there's always going to be problems and look th th there's another adjective that hard means too which means hard tough Listen, you could say that until we win a championship, it's a hard Knicks life. That's right? true, too. Sure. Because we could go like 60 and 5. This is ridiculous that we're even talking about this. And then KD and Kyrie blow their knees out in the same game. And then you know what? Guess what? It's back to a fucking hard Knicks life. It's actually harder than it's ever fucking been. <laughs> so we probably shouldn't change shit until we've won like four in a row. <laughs> so I think we'll be good for a while. Guys, if you ever need to buy tickets to anything, use SeatGeek. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place. You can find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. 
There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for great value. Barry uses SeatGeek all the time, if he ever needs to buy tickets to anything. Right, Barry? That's right. I use SeatGeek all the time. (laughs) Our listeners get $20 off their first purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app. Use promo code HARDNIXLIFE, all caps, no spaces, for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life is an event, and we we have the tickets. Hmm. Hmm. All right, so AJ has a question. Knowing the odds are we don't hit the lottery, what are your thoughts on John Morant with the number two, Barrett at the number three, and trading anything past number three? I'm a fan of Morant's game, and he'd be a great backup to Kyrie throwing lobs to Mitch. His handle and explosiveness is far superior to DSJ, better body type for the NBA, better playmaker, and has the length to be bothersome on D. What are your thoughts on John Morant, Barry? My thoughts are this. You know, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, even though the draft is before free agency hits, if we kind of know that we're getting Kyrie, then you may want to alter your pick, you know, and get more out of it and, fill, you know, put get somebody like R.J. Barrett or, or, or somebody that's going to do better for you at another position other than no way guard. no way if you get the Here's number two thought. if you get the number two pick i think you have to go for the best player on the board at this point in this Knicks stage whether you're getting Kyrie or not and again nothing we know nothing's a given especially with these you know i'm not gonna use the word flakes but the, but these guys with these crazy personalities in the nba and and you know you don't have a contract with them yet and where the Knicks are right now you got to get the best player on the board I agree. Void of position. You know, if you're a contender and you've been contending and, and, and it's your turn in the draft and you have a hole that you need to fill, that's fine. But the Knicks are a giant hole. So you start with the best player on the board. And, and if the Knicks front office believes that that's John ja Morant, you take him, regardless of who you think is coming. The thing with John ja Morant and Zion, those two guys are, I think, by far the two top guys in the draft. Right, everyone says that Zion's number one by far, and then there's a big drop-off below him. I don't think there's that big of a drop-off, but I would be perfectly happy with either Ja or Zion. I think the huge drop-off is after number two, after Ja. Phoenix even said recently that if they got the number one pick, they might choose Ja. But I would totally, I mean, yeah, you, if you get the number two, you take Ja Morant. And it's totally, I mean, who wouldn't want two playmakers like that on our team? You'd have a problem with John Morant and Kyrie in the backcourt. Kyrie is so offensively gifted. You could even play them together. Now, obviously, Golden State has had huge success with multiple playmakers. Uh, I mean, I would not, you, you take Ja or Zion. Definitely. I don't, you don't trade either of those picks. You don't even trade them for AD, which I hate that whole idea that everyone keeps bringing up. After Ja, after Zion, Barry, do you have, what's it, RJ Barrett for you? Or do you think about trading if you fall out of the top two? Well, what kind of trade are you going to make? I don't know. Everyone keeps talking about if you fall to three or lower, trading the pick. But exactly, what are you getting? What are you getting for that? You're still just picking the best available player at that point. I don't think. I don't think you. Yeah, and I, I don't think you trade the pick anyway. I'm gonna play a couple of voicemails, Barry. Hey, what's up, guys? This is uh, Justin from the Bronx. I'm calling in because I want to get something off my chest, and I'm gonna talk about something that's really been bothering me. 
I just read an a article about how Charles Oakley is getting, like, really cozy with the Nets. And then I seen that they gave him a shout-out on the Jumbotron, and him and Sean Marks are talking about um, they went to uh, participate in free agent pitches in the offseason. Now, I understand that Oakley is like a beloved figure for us, and Oak is the man. But I mean, I, I can't, I can't deny that I, I feel a way about this. Like, and, and I get that he hates Dolan, but like, how much, like, does that affect you? You know, going like so against like, like the Knicks to like the direct rivals, and it's, it's really kind of like bugging me because it's like I have mixed feelings about it. Like, I really feel a way about it. Like, I really, um, like, I don't like to see that, like, you know, Oakley get cozy with, you know, with the Nets. And it's really irking my soul. So I wanted to know, like, how you guys felt about it. Because as you already know, it's a, it's a hard Knicks life. So, you know, since Oakley got banned from the Garden by James Dolan, We've seen him a few times at Brooklyn Nets games. And yeah, like Justin said, they showed him on the Jumbotron. They always refer to him as a former NBA player or whatever. Always use highlights of him as a Raptor against the Knicks. And now they're saying that Oakley is going to be representing the Brooklyn Nets in some way. Maybe speaking to some of these free agents, telling them how awful the Knicks organization is. Well, he's already been doing that. I mean, back in March... He encouraged free agents to look at the Nets over the Knicks if they were going to come to New York. In a one-on-one with Frank Isola, he said that the Nets have better pieces and that even if the Knicks got KD and Kyrie, it wouldn't be enough. Would it be enough for what? It wouldn't be enough for the Knicks to start winning, even if they had KD and Kyrie. All right, well, Oakley, you know, he was a great Nick back in the fucking 90s. But he's a fucking idiot. That wouldn't be enough? That wouldn't be enough, Barry? No, it's, it's, a, it's an absurd comment. It's absurd. And again, it goes back to being thrown out of the garden because, of course, he threw in there also that there's too many distractions with the Knicks, starting with the owner, he specifically said. You know, so he's got beef there. He's got issues I mean, there. he's obviously angry with Dolan, and I know a lot of us like to defend Charles Oakley, but he was supposedly very drunk that night at the garden. I mean, you, in defense of Oakley, I'm sure a lot of people are drunk very often at the garden, and very few of them get banned. But come on, what kind of Nick are, isn't it once a Nick, always a Nick for someone like Charles Oakley? You would think so. Just because you have a beef with James Dolan, you're going to hurt us, hurt the New York Knicks, the fans, you're going to represent Brooklyn, Brooklyn in free agency because you don't like James Dolan. He's one man. Oakley was one of my favorite Knicks. Maybe my favorite. It's hard to choose between Ewing, Mason, and Oakley. But I'm upset with Charles. This is no way to treat us, Charles. I cheered for you every night. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're being Brooklyn's little bitch. Brooklyn's bitch. Is that what you want to be? Barry, is that who he should be? No, I mean, in a way, they could be using him. Uh, uh, Obviously, they're using him. Yeah. Charles, you don't see that? This is like Trump working with Russia. Oakley working with Brooklyn against the Knicks. It's treasonous. (laughs) I mean, it makes me so sad. It really does. 
Look, the, the, this next next thing is not as big though as everybody's making it to be. Did you hear what Jared Dudley said? Yes. <laughs> yeah, he compared the Nets to the Clippers, right? It was like the same type of thing. Somebody asked him about how team. little how little the Nets get coverage in right. the New York area. Right, you're saying if there was like 10 pages of New York basketball coverage, there would be like eight pages of the Knicks and two of the Nets. And it happens the same thing with the Lakers and the Clippers. It was actually a very, a very good soundbite. What did he say about the Knicks exactly? They could do what and they would still get all the coverage? Hold on, let me see if I can find it. Knicks owner James Dolan could burn down Manhattan and everyone's going to still talk about the Knicks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Jared Dudley. But Craig. Barry. With this whole Knicks and Nets thing, though, does it have to this big comparison between Knicks and Nets? Do you think free agents are really comparing the Knicks and the Nets so much like that? You got to understand that when free agents are choosing a team, it's not going to just be between Knicks and Nets. It's going to be 29 other teams that are in the league. I'm sure nobody's got like their heart set on just going to New York and that's it. They're going to compare all the teams. And the Nets are going to look very appealing to them. I know the Knicks have like ownership of the city and all, but you have to hand it to the Nets. They put themselves in a pretty good position. Why are the Nets appealing to anybody? Why are the Nets appealing to anybody? Yeah. Besides making it to the playoffs, they may, they've they got a, a great young team. They've got a great bench. They have a you know, new all-star in D'Angelo Russell. Why wouldn't that look appealing to a player? The things they could jump onto that squad of young guys. Well, D'Angelo Russell would have coming. to would have to re-sign. Fine, he's a free agent. Fine, they still have the, the cap space to get somebody else. I'm just saying, like when they're looking at the Nets, it's not like, oh wait, maybe I shouldn't go to the Nets. I should go to the Knicks. No, they're looking at the Nets. Relocate the Nets to anywhere else in the country. But the NBA Pretend that they're not the NBA York. players now like to join. They don't like to be the only superstar on a team. And that's basically what the Nets would need. One superstar to come to them yeah. by himself. And joining an all-star, assuming is, that D'Angelo Russell resigns. Okay. One superstar has to believe and, in D'Angelo and, but you Russell. Got a, but you got a guy like Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie who have both proven themselves this year as like way beyond mediocre average players. Superstars saying, don't care about Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie. That's part. That, 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 that's two guys coming off their bench. So what you think? What's more appealing to, to superstars, Barry? A team where you can ask any other superstar to go there with you, or going to the fucking Brooklyn Nets as they're currently constructed. What's more appealing? First go of all, I gotta hope that somebody an I NBA like superstar saying, ah, I could go to Brooklyn to play with Spencer Dinwiddie, Craig, that's Karis Levert, and D'Angelo Russell." Or I could go with any other fucking superstar that I asked to join me to go play in the, in New in, in actual New York. What? Just because he asks somebody to go with him, they're gonna just hop up and go with him? That's how it works now. Sometimes it works like that. Not not always. And somebody's gonna say because that's your plan, KD. I'm gonna all of a sudden just drop what I'm doing because that's where you want to go. What about I'm just, what I want? I'm just saying the Nets may get a, a good free agent. But they're not going to get one of these star free agents to come by himself. It's just not how it works. I, I, I don't believe that. These star free agents want to join another one, whether they're already there or they're going there with them. That's a fact, Barry. It's a fucking fact. 
Name me the last superstar free agent that joined an NBA roster without another superstar on it. Go. I'm not saying I know the answer to this, but I know you don't. <laughs> it's never happened in the history of the NBA. <laughs> I could tell Barry's getting pissed at me right now. You are. Your face is red. You're thinking about taking another drink, but there's nothing left in the bottle. There's nothing left in the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> and you wish there was. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm just saying it's not just like when I'm my point was just that like when KD's looking, it's not just between okay, if it's not the Knicks, it can't be the Nets. The Nets are a viable option for anybody. That's all I'm saying. Nobody wants to go to the Nets. Here's Mario from Jersey. Hey, Craig and Barry, this is Mario from Jersey. My only question is, um, well, KD and Kyrie are not really known for their thick skin and everything they do, every move in and out of the court is going to be overanalyzed and everything. Do you think that could be an issue or their talent just surpasses that? And just one your opinion, guys. It's hard next life. Can KD and Kyrie's very thin skin be an issue here in New York? Or if they are thin-skinned, does it not matter at all because their talent is so above and beyond on the court? I think they'd be just fine. I mean, they've been through... KD goes through it every day. I mean, through the last two years. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think... I mean, he did go through that little sprint or that, you know, those those week or two in Golden State when he was avoiding the media and he didn't want to talk to the press. But he came out the other side. And he had the... He had the he had the skin to leave OKC to join the team that knocked him out in the Warriors, right? That took a lot of thick skin, Barry. And he took a lot of heat for that. And he was yeah, fine. Look, I don't think he could ever get more heat than he got for that here in New York. That was worldwide, extremely hot heat. There's he been, as you fine. pointed out, as you pointed out so eloquently a few moments ago, there's a lot of teams in this league that have multiple superstars on it, which you illustrated your point to me very loudly. And that doesn't guarantee championships. So even if Katie and Kyrie come over here, I don't think, I don't, at least not the first year or two, the pressure is going to be so high on them to deliver a championship right off the bat. Therefore, like there's nowhere this team can go but up. I mean, you're coming off, you know, their worst losing season in history or tied that, you know, tied for it. It can only go up from there. They're taking a chance. I mean, look at KD leaving the best team in the league to go to the worst team in the league. I think the pressure is going to be taken off of them significantly. Again, after two years, depending on how things go. Then they may start to hear it. You know, what's going on? How come you can't deliver? No. They would have to have... The Knicks would have to to be a losing team still. Dude, if KD and Kyrie come and the Knicks just win 50 games, get ousted in the second round, the, uh, honestly, I think they'll be fucking gods here. I know that we all want a championship, but that is a that, huge turnaround. It sure is, and that's year one. Well, year one, year, year two. Year, you, okay, let's have let's say that happens two years in a row. Right. Is that going to get stale fast? 
does two years make up for the last 20? If you have three, four years where you're just a 50-plus win team on a team that has been miserable for 20 years, that has had maybe like one or two good teams mixed but in you're, there. But you're going to be looking to what's going to get you over the hump. You're always looking to get that championship. Barry, are you the kind of fan that is only happy with a championship caliber squad? Not. Or do you just of want a, you just, I want a very good team year in and year out. That's all I care about. I'm not going to be devastated if we don't... Like, I'm not going to be devastated if we don't win a championship in the next 10 years. I'm not. I just want to get back to having a team that we know can get in the playoffs every year and fight. But I don't need to be in the finals, even if we had KD and Kyrie. I want... But the, if you the, look like a chance. championship, but if you look like you know what a championship team looks like, if you look like a championship team throughout the regular season, where I mean you you have like these amazing performances, you're you're beating the good teams day in and day out through the regular season, and then in the playoffs, you keep getting ousted. That's not going to start to get to you. Well, listen, in the nineties, dude, the Knicks were very good. We got. We could never get past Jordan. A lot of the time, we couldn't even get past the Pacers. People, yeah, at the end of Ewing's career, were, were disappointed he never won a championship and maybe took things away from him because he never won one. But he didn't get, like, heat for it, you know? Because he put it all out there. I don't know if, I don't know if Knicks fans or New York would would really put a lot of pressure on Katie and Kyrie. If, if they were playing their asses off and the Knicks were great year in and year out, if they just always somehow fell short, would you be disappointed if we don't win a championship with those two? Would you be questioning them? Like, why couldn't you get it done? Again, the first two years, definitely not. After that, I don't know. I, I can't tell you for sure that I wouldn't be disappointed. I don't know. Maybe I'm alone, but it, I, it's been so bad for so long that my, like, I just. Right. I mean, I don't, look. I don't need it all. I don't need it all in the next three, four years. Look, from where I'm sitting right now, I mean, fuck yeah. Sign me up for that 50 win season, <laughs> you know, and being asked to round two. Sign course. me up for Katie and Kyrie for the next five years, 50 plus win seasons for all five and no championships. I, I'm in fucking heaven, dude. Like that's that sounds great, as, as, especially if if Kyrie keeps himself on the court and not sidelined. Well, then we'll have John ja Morant. Okay, that's what Jaws there for. Right. I just want to wrap this shit up somehow. I think this has gone on so long, dude. I don't think anybody's listening. I <laughs> Listen, if anybody is listening to this, they're desperate to just hear anything, Knicks. They want to hear. They want to hear Knicks. You're listening to a Knicks podcast in the off season, the, the end of April, when the Knicks have been out of it, you know, months and months. Ago. I mean, they were out of it before the season started. Listen, this is what it's going to be like for a while, Barry. I don't know what to tell people. Well, I've gotten some complaints about us talking too much about my shitting problems and your house hunting. Right. But guess what? There's be, nothing yeah. to fucking talk about yeah. right now. This is our life, everybody. If you don't want to fucking listen to some of this shit, don't listen. You're Just either come. riding with us or you're not. Right. Come back to us when the season starts next year. Or come or back, come to, back us to us when we sign KD and Kyrie. Yeah. 
between then, yeah, we might talk about my shits. We might talk about Barry's house. He's looking for a house. It's not easy. This is the one time I get with Barry a week. I'm going to ask him how his house hunting's going. I'd prefer if you guys don't give a shit about it on Twitter. And Barry, how the fuck is that house hunting going? <laughs> it's getting better. Still haven't found anything, but it's looking up. <laughs> Nobody cares about that. <laughs> well, I'm talking about it just... You know what? To, to get the people who don't want it away. Get away. Go away. <laughs> Come back when there's Nick's news. We gotta talk about something. You're running low on conditioner, by the way. I can tell. Is that conditioner? Nobody uses a shower down here. All right, guys. That's gonna. Let's just fucking wrap this up. Yeah, when we start talking about products in this bathroom. <laughs> there you go. We know that the show is coming to an end. You can reach out to us. It's hardnickslife at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at hardnickslife. Follow Barry and all his house hunting stories at Barry Dworkin. I don't tweet about that. Check us out on Patreon, www.patreon.com backslash hardnickslife. We might do a podcast next week. We might not. <laughs> right? Isn't that how it's going to go this offseason, Barry? I think we need to prepare everyone for that possibility. Because we yes. were barely able to do it this week. So what's the podcast schedule then, Barry? There is none. There is no fucking schedule. That's right. It's open-ended. And that's the beauty of podcasts. We won't fucking throw it out there when we want. Yeah, this isn't the fucking radio. We don't need to be on any schedule. That's why we told Dash Radio to go fuck themselves. Oh, Perry, stop it. They're going to throw us off that fucking free... They just call it slave radio. We're all doing labor for free. Yeah. What kind of world is this? Everyone expects you to give them content for free. Oh, fuck you, Dash Radio. Let's see if they kick us off. All right. It is a hard Nick's life. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.